Well, you know what Charles Dickens said? It was the best of times, the worst of times. That sounds like now, doesn't it? Because the best of times have got jobs bouncing back just about everywhere. Although the US had a bit of a shock in the ADP numbers today. And then the worst of times have got inflation rising. And Europe saw that today. So the tale of two central banks today. One's going to hike. The other will pontificate. Whilst the RBA governor has finally admitted that it is possible, just possible, that there will be a rate rise this year. The market is, of course, expecting a lot more than that. And Google, almost a license to print money. Maybe they should become a central bank. It's Thursday, the 3rd of February, 2022. It's the morning call from NAB. Good morning. Well, the US dollar is down again, three sessions in a row, down below 96 on the DXY, losing almost half a percent, in fact, more than that earlier. The gains today, not so much in the Aussie dollar, that's staying just above 71 US cents, but a third of 1% rise in the euro, more than that for the pound. They're the big winners, and the Japanese yen is up a quarter percent as well. Uh, Stocks are on the rise in the United States, although they've retreated a little later in the session. We've got a quarter percent rise in the Nasdaq, 0.7% for the S&P 500, a quarter percent up for the Dow. Over 0.6% for the FTSE 100 uh, but most other European indices struggling to make it anywhere today we've got a fall in yields in the US 10 years down 2 basis points, the same at the front end of the curve and in the UK 10 year gilts down almost 4 basis points but less for 2 and 5 years down 2 basis points there more for 30 years which are down 6 basis points and oil is down this morning as much as 1% for uh, WTI earlier but it's regained all of that and then some, so actually oil is up I should say and uh, Brent also took a 0.6% fall and that's been turned into a 0.3% gain overnight and gold and silver up almost half a percent as well copper up over 1% so the ECB and the Bank of England today not necessarily in that order uh, overnight tonight Australia time uh, that's going to be the focus on the markets here's NAB's David DeGarris in London so ahead of those decisions uh, we sort of know what they're going to be what's your read on, on how the markets are going to take this particularly the bond markets today well, I think uh, particularly the short end of the market, which is really fixated on the central bank decisions, Phil, um, the market's priced in that the Bank of England will will, will hike again um, tonight. Uh, so as I look at the screen right now, what is it, 98.5% priced in. So that would that would take the cash rate to, um, you know, pretty close to mm. one half of a percent. Well, the target range would be at one half percent, the actual effective rate, a little bit lower than that by a few. Yeah, there are points. some analysts who are actually saying that maybe uh, the rate rise today is going to be half a percent. I'm sure that there's not many of those, but I mean, that would be a political disaster. So there might that. be some analysts saying they think it's going to be 50, but I would think few and far between. If, if only, Phil, because of, um, you know, the headwinds that the UK economy is facing, despite the... Um, Two hundred pounds extra you're going to get in your pocket, effectively, to help with your uh, your energy bills. Um, you know, you've got the uh, the the April reset of uh, energy bills coming in. Um, we've got the increase in national insurance charges for employers and employees, and we've got the uh, the absence of uh, the marginal tax rates being indexed this year. A little bit of a stealth tax, you might say. So, um, and, and of course, the uncertainty about um, Russia and the Ukraine as well, which, which would deal some sort of ugly surprise to energy prices at the very minimum. So, so what are they expecting then? What's, what's, the, what's the Bank of England expecting in terms of rate rises this year, apart from the want, whatever it's going to be tonight? How many more? And, and how does that differ from the market view? Uh, the Bank of England uh, don't tell you what their rate track is. What they do is 
they forecast inflation in two ways. One is what the sort of baseline forecast for inflation is, and one is based on the market view of, of interest rates. So the market view, Phil, is that there's best part of five rises this year. Pretty aggressive, right, given Absolutely. the bad face by the UK yeah. economy. So the question then is, does that produce an inflation forecast materially below the 2% target? And you see you plug it into the model and it spits it out at the other end. You know, what does five rate hikes this year do to inflation over the next year to 18 months to two years? And if it spits out something materially lower than 2%, then that is giving them a model estimate that perhaps that would be too yeah. much tightening. So, so, but, so they can, they can re- recalibrate. So do you think we're going to get that sort of signaling from the Bank of England? Can we look at UK break-evens? They're actually mm. higher than the US, actually, at the yes. moment. And so do you think they're going to try and dampen that expectation? Uh, yeah, well, of course, the UK break-evens are configured on the, the old re- retail price index, which is higher than the CPI, but nevertheless. So it's definitely true that... Um, the medium to longer is it term. Too, is it too evidence. much? Are they, yeah. are, they, are they going to think this is too much? I guess that's the question. You know, I think that that's the question. You know, we talked about the headwinds from, um, you know, the, the energy price rises and so forth on household budgets and uh, so forth. But, of course, it does lift inflation too. So there's the danger that that sort of feeds back on itself. And, it, and we know the UK labour market is pretty tight. So we haven't had any sort of horror story after the job support scheme ended last September at all. In fact, it's been the opposite, right? Vacancies at record highs, so forth. So all that is still to play out. So I think tactically too, they would like to get one more done now uh, and maybe another one in May. And then that will put them in a position because more often than not, that the bank rate has spent a lot. Uh, it really hasn't been above 1% over the past decade or so. So that's giving them a bit of experience about how far they have to increase interest rates as well. So, you know, there's that. So to have five, that would be very aggressive. And, you know, it's, there's a lot to play for here and there's lots of uncertainties yeah. ahead. Which is what, you know, what we're hearing from everywhere, even the Fed saying that, aren't they? That, you know, we, mm. we're mm. in uncharted territory. We don't really know how we're going to be at the back end of the year. Uh, in fact, they, they, they are probably looking at those uh, ADP numbers, that employment number overnight. That was a surprise, wasn't it? I mean, we, we it was. jolts very good, uh, over 10 million job openings, but uh, they are not being filled. The uh, ADP employment number overnight, we were expecting to see more people in work in January, but no, it fell by 300,000, yeah. and they've revised the December figure down a bit as well. Yes, well, I think, isn't that, isn't that interesting that um, ADP ahead of payrolls on, on Friday, uh, a big negative surprise. Now, we know from watching all those Wall Street-type movies, payrolls is the number. For, uh, for the market every month. You know, it's the number the market waits for. So uh, it's all about, I think, though, when you talk to analysts and people on, in, uh, in the market, they expect an, a hit from Omicron, Phil. So half of that 300,000 was in leisure and hospitality. So, that, that you know, the high-touch industry is affected by Omicron. But nevertheless, even if it can be explained away and it's going to rebound, and you know, which is what the job opening figures suggest, um, you know, you've got machine trading and algos and all that sort of thing. So if you get anything like that in the in the payrolls, at least you're going to get some initial uh, reaction in terms of maybe winding back Fed rate expectations. Maybe the stock market takes a little bit of 
surprise to it, uh, impact on the US dollar, all of that. So certainly going to be interesting to see, but I would tend to say from an analytical point of view, the market should probably ignore payrolls, even if it's negative. I think the wages numbers will be, the earnings numbers are going to be much more telling. Right. I, I was going to say, I was going to, whether that actually meant that the Fed might have to be a little bit more cautious, but I mean, it, we'll, we'll see as time passes, won't we? But look, on the other side, the ECB, every reason to be less cautious. So they've got, uh, yes. we, I mean, because we've seen the employment numbers there, uh, you know, and they've got the lowest uh, unemployment rate since really they started collecting European data in 1998. And then overnight we had the the flash inflation rate for the euro area, which was 5.1%, 2.3% for the for the core. So the ECB must be sitting up and listening now. Are they are they going to change their tune? Are they going to start talking about interest rate rises today? I mean, we've still got, only yesterday, Christine mm. Lagarde saying inflation, still saying inflation is temporary. Yes. Uh, we've heard that from one other notable central bank, or we did hear that from one other Notable central bank. In the fullness of time, Phil, um, that may that well might be, you'd expect that to be true. But the question is, is it the only factor that's driving up inflation? It's not as if the economy is weak and we've got all these supply side pressures. The economies are hot, right? And, um, you know, unemployment is low. Uh, so it sort of fits the narrative, doesn't it, of some demand side influences at play there. But how much of that are we going to hear about that from uh, Christine Lagarde at the press conference today. I suspect not much, but I think markets will be the the uh, the the, uh, the questioners, the press will be asking lots of questions about that, and we're not expecting big policy changes no. today. But so, um, so is part of the problem the fact that we've got such a variation in terms of the inflation rate across the eurozone? Some countries it's very high, some it's very low, and similarly we've also got uh, countries obviously which have got higher debt than other countries. So. Is the ECB reticent to make a move because it knows it's not going to get the support of those countries that are high in debt because they're not going to want to see interest rates rise, are they? Well, I think, you know, part of the ECB remit is to protect the spreads, right? So that, I mean, the, the Italian bond yields are definitely higher than German bond yields, which is what you would expect them to be. But, um, you know, this concern if they get... Um, if the bond price goes down too much, you know, if and that affects their ability to raise debt and so forth. So that is that is that's an important. But are they trying to target particular long term yields? I don't think so. Um, I mean, their remit is inflation, right? So um, that that's what they're focused on. The question is, as you suggested, how much of it is temporary, and how much will we learn about at the press conference about the. Uh, what we'd expect to see some pretty vigorous conversations across the table. Uh, from we know the French and the Germans are agitated about it already. Yeah. Well, we we know uh, we've been saying it a long time, haven't we? Uh, there's you know the difference between the, the European approach and the US approach. Someone's got to be right. Someone's got to be wrong. Uh, it's going to be interesting to see how all that plays out. Look, Philip Lowe from the RBA finally admitting yesterday that a rate hike for Australia this year is plausible. Uh, although he said we're going to have to be patient as well. Mm. So, uh, so what is he waiting for? Do you think? Well, it had to be dragged out of him, didn't it? That comment. Uh, yeah. it, it, <laughs> it wasn't in the speech. So uh, he's he's got as much patience, if not more, than the ECB right now. Um, and the mark, when you look at market pricing, okay, it did wind back the pricing um, a little bit, but the market's still got a fairly aggressive pricing um, in, into the uh, RBA curve for this year. So still pricing what, as I look at it right now, four hikes this year. 
So if he says, you know, starting rates lift off is a plausible scenario, the market's thinking, well, you know, come the middle of the year, they're going to be they're going to be starting it. So it's all going to be driven by the numbers, Phil. So you know, we've got wages numbers coming up in in what two to three weeks. We've got the national accounts. We'll give you estimates of labour productivity, unit labour costs, all that sort of thing, and CPI and so forth. So going to be pretty heady in the next three to six months right, maybe so for four rate hikes fairly plausible perhaps or you know maybe possible. it's, it's got to yeah, be possible, possible. Yeah, it's going to be another even, word exactly. even their forecasting inflation is going to get over three percent at least in, in the next six months in an infinite universe anything's possible isn't it look oil of today course, moving meta <laughs> oh yeah we've got to talk about meta absolutely yeah before we uh, move off uh, yeah exactly but also uh, what about google uh, as a staggering earnings it just goes to show doesn't it that when people are stuck at home mm. shopping online a business that is uh, occupying your screen all the time hitting you with ads for your online shopping uh, yeah it, why were we surprised just, at all that they did well it just staggers me the amount of revenue that company generates like for the quarter, their sales were up 33%, 61.9 billion. YouTube, 8.63 billion. They are chunky numbers, aren't they? Um, so, and, and of course, Phil, if you wanted to find out about, you know, why Google stock goes up, where would you go to do it if you didn't have a Bloomberg screen? You go to Google. You go to your search engine, of course, <laughs> right? <laughs> yeah, absolutely. So as I looked at, look right now, Google stock is up 8.3%. Uh, and the other big mover today is um, advanced micro devices, the semiconductor stock. They released their results last night. They're up 5% today. So it's very easy to explain equities today, isn't it? Going up because of results. That's uh, quite old. Well, it hasn't, it hasn't hurt, it hasn't hurt no. the, the whole mood music of the, of the market, that's for sure. Now, oil, you'd think it was going to be uh, down today. It's been up and down, but you'd think it would be down because there's going to be more of it because OPEC Plus have said that they are going to up production uh, in March. But a confusing picture in oil today. Yeah, I, I, think, I think what's happened is we've had the... Um, <clears throat> These, these brand numbers are quoted as the spot futures con- contract for the next month or so. Um, <clears throat> the spot contract is April, um, and that rolled on Monday. So you got about a dollar fifty off on the roll of that contract. So the fact that it's down from Monday reflects as much the futures roll as it does about any sort of underlying decline in the um, right. In the price of oil, Question, so to speak. And as we've said, you know, if they say they're going to produce more. They've been having difficulty producing uh, at the levels currently. So will they be able Correct. to do? We've also had a cyber attack uh, going on this week, which has been spreading gradually to oil facilities across the Netherlands and Germany as well. So that's something to watch. Look, tonight, Goodness. ISM numbers for the US, initial weekly jobless claims. They're going to be interesting, given the, uh, those disappointing numbers last night, of course. But the ISM... Indeed. We know what's impacting them. I mean, is it worth paying too much attention to them? Again, it's the Omicron and supply chain story, isn't it? And not so. enough workers. I think uh, pretty much, pretty much. That's that's the, that's going to be the read through. If it's a lower number, it'll be explained away by yeah. Omicron. Yeah. All right. And the NAB business survey, we should say today, and Aussie building approvals. Yeah, we've certainly got an appetite for houses, um, helped by government policy, of course, but the five capital city average from CoreLogic, 21% uh, over the last year. Where does it end? Yeah. I mean, you know, you would still be building houses, wouldn't you, if you're getting that sort of uh, uh, inflation happening in them. Uh, so interesting to see those numbers as well, but we'll leave it there for now. Good to talk, Dave. Catch you next time. Will do, Phil. All the best. And Cheers. That, and that's it. That's the morning call for this Thursday morning. Back again tomorrow morning. We will, of course, uh, talk through what the BOE and the ECB said and look ahead to non-farm payroll on Friday night. I'm Phil Dobby for NAB. See you tomorrow.